The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are about to enter a world of straight talk, compelling issues, and real solutions. Welcome to Power of Peace Radio with your host, Kit Cummings. Each week, we will tackle the issues that you've been talking about. We bring desperately needed hope and peace to our youth and our communities. Now, here is Kit Cummings. Good evening, everyone. Kit Cummings, tonight broadcasting live from Muskegon, Michigan, which is a little different, usually in Atlanta, Georgia, but... um, I'm on a tour up here this week, and I'm going to share a little bit about it, but I'm so excited that whoever is tuning in with us, we've got more and more people listening each week. Thank you. Uh, Tonight, I think you're going to be very, very excited about the guests we have on and the content that we're going to discuss, but whatever brings you here and uh, whatever kind of day or week you're having, just to start off your week, uh, tonight, the Power Peace Radio is about helping you find peace on the inside, because we know that we are bombarded throughout the day with things that that war against our peace. We're born for peace. We yearn for peace. We need it. And in today's world, it takes a real, you've got to understand how to tap in to deep places to be able to find that peace. Um, I am just supercharged. I had quite a day. And uh, sometimes you, you can work so hard that at the end of the day, you're spent. Man, today I'm spent, but I'm just high. I'm so excited. I'm on a school and prison tour in western Michigan. And today I got to spend uh, the morning with middle school students in a very, very tough neighborhood. I've been invited into Muskegon because there's been a lot of violence, uh, a lot of gang-related activity in a very, very poor part of Michigan. And... um, and I get to come in and just bring light and hope and peace. And so I spent the morning with middle schoolers. And then the high schoolers came in and uh, we did our Hope is the New Dope program. <laughs> and, and those guys, we were, so, we were so fired up. It was incredible. And so then about the time I got back to the, the hotel tonight, um, well, no, then I went into the prison and we saw 60 inmates in a, uh, a tough Michigan prison sign the peace pledge and go on their 40 days of peace together. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. But that's always an amazing time as we see uh, black and white, Hispanic rival gang members coming together in peace. And uh, so that, you know, I, I was pretty charged up. And I got back to the hotel and then I just got off a, a conference call with Oprah Winfrey. And I know our second guest, uh, she was on the same call. And uh, my gosh, that doesn't fire you up. Um, I'm my, my hair just caught on fire, and I think I'm going to levitate, but I'm, I'm just uh, I'm in a great place tonight. So uh, anyway, the last bit of good news, and this is just i got to share it. It'll just, it'll, I'll, I'll explode if I don't, but um, my new book, Peace Behind the Wire, a Nonviolent Resolution, is about how the Power of Peace Project came to be. And in honor of Dr. King, on January the 15th, 2011, we kicked off our, fourth, our first 40 days of peace in the toughest, most dangerous, violent maximum security prison in the state of Georgia. It was an experiment, and it was launched on Dr. King's birthday, and we 
we challenged inmates to sign a peace pledge, and peace came to that violent prison. And Dr. King has changed my life and uh, released the book on August the 8th. Uh, it's been, been doing well, but I got a call this week from the King Center. And the King family is having a special day on January the 10th at the King Center for Nonviolence in Atlanta, Georgia, right where Dr. King and Coretta Scott King are buried and right up the street from Ebenezer where he preached and uh, right down the street from where he was born and grew up. I mean, it's a historic part of Atlanta. Uh, they called and said, we've, we've gotten your book. We've reviewed it. We want to know if you would take part in a special event with the King family um, that week of his birthday and be a part of a book signing event and a panel. And I just about <laughs> I was so excited to be able to honor uh, one of the great heroes of my life and champions of peace and a man that changed my life and to honor his family and his sacrifice is truly humbling. And uh, I said, uh, yeah, I, I think I can work that into my schedule. So uh, I'm just excited. Peace Behind the Wire, uh, you can pick it up, but it's a new book about this power peace journey. Okay, tonight we're going to be talking about the next generation. I want you to imagine if you were 17 year old in today's world, you can't remember a time when you didn't have the internet, cell phones, video games, social media. For your whole life, you've been bombarded with music and movies and images that were banned for my generation growing up. Violence, crime, sex, and drugs are, are glorified and romanticized on TV and radio and games and films. And everything is just one click away. There's never been a time in their lives, in their existence, where there was peace in the world. And for as long as they can remember, since they were little boys and little girls, our country has been at war. Who's teaching the next generation the timeless universal laws and principles of icons like Dr. King and Gandhi and Mandela and Maya Angelou? This week, we're going to be talking to two uh, guests that are out on the front lines, and they're fighting for kids and fighting for peace and fighting to bring people together in a world that seems like it's more divided than ever. Our first guest is a Grammy Award-nominated, uh, multi-platinum, super hip-hop producer from Alabama, and uh, I met him in Atlanta. Uh, lives by the motto, don't be successful, be significant. K.O., Kevin K.O. Cates is the founder and creator of Coolriculum, Inc., with a K, Coolriculum, an innovative technology-driven media company that delivers content using music to teach youth in grades pre-K through 12 academic competencies across subjects. He's also the founder of Bridge the Gap. That'd be Bridge the Gap. A nonprofit social emotional program of curriculum combining hip hop music, education, mentoring to reach students and teach life skills applicable in today's socially challenged environment. K.O. is a role model to the next generation, a thought leader, and a world changer. Man, if that doesn't get you fired up, K.O. Cates. K.O., welcome, my brother. Kid, great, man. It's awesome to be here, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry you had to wait through all of that, man. I just, I, I had to get it all out, man. I had to get it out. I know you're sitting there waiting, thinking, well, do I get to be on the show or what? So, oh, man, no, I'm excited for you, brother. That's an amazing day, man. You did some oh, serious serving today. Man, and tomorrow's going to be schools, prisons, jails all day long, and then same Wednesday, same Thursday. So I just, uh, I'll be fed and filled up. Kay, I want to introduce you to my co-host, uh, Mr. Zaron Pledger. Tonight we'll call him Z. So uh, Z, meet Kay. Kay, yo, pleasure, man. I'm listening to the bio like, wow, big move. <laughs> yeah, man, he's, he's, um, 
made a made a big impact uh, in hip hop, but now in the lives of kids. So let's jump right in. Uh, Ko, it says uh, here you came from Alabama and then all the way to Atlanta, and then you've been all over the world with your music. Tell us a little bit about your journey and the roadmap that got you into this business and where you are today on the music side. Okay, cool. On the music side, I mean, music was something I always knew I wanted to do. Um, um, and I didn't know how it was going to happen, you know, especially from Montgomery, Alabama, which would be considered not a music market at all. But I realized that if I was going to make it musically, that I would first need to serve and actually be in a position to where I would be prepared for where whatever opportunity came my way, I would be able to you know, be able to do it. So I ended up being in a situation where I was DJing at the radio station in junior high. I was running a nightclub before I was old enough to be in a nightclub in the, you know, high school. And, you know, I was producing, I was doing all these different things, just waiting on the right opportunity to come that might be able to, you know, take me to the next level. But it really didn't happen that way because what I didn't realize is that Alabama was considered a non-music market. So although I was doing all these things, it wasn't really taking me to the next level. And I became that big fish in a small pond where I had songs on the radio. And it's like, hey, if anybody was going to make something happen, it would be this guy. But he's still here. So parents started using me as the excuse of failure to any kids that wanted to do music or be creative in that way. So you have parents saying, okay, if you do this, you're going to be like that KO running around, chasing a dream, doing nothing with your life. And at that point, I realized either I was going to start believing these, these people or I needed to right. get away from them. So I packed up and moved to Atlanta. Now, in school, I, you know, I, I did two years of college, so you know, computer science was my major, and and, you know, communications is my minor, but I left and through relationships, I was able to get a good job in Atlanta, but working as a, you know, a computer tech, but actually was through a company that handled um, kind of like one of those um, staffing companies for a computer, okay. you know, jobs. So they were taking half of my check. So pretty much, <laughs> you know, it wasn't enough to make ends meet. Ended up in a situation where I was um, homeless, living out of my truck still going to work, didn't want to prove anybody right back home to where they'll be like, come on home. So that's really where my journey began, but it was in that place where um, it actually, you know, it really took me to another level and just, you know, I guess we could share on that later. But in the mix of that, um, musically, I ended up teaming up and meeting a guy who actually heard some of my stuff and I ended up doing some ghost production, which means that I may produce the song, but someone else gets credit for it. And okay. that took me to New York and working with a lot of big artists. And from there, you know, um, my true way of really blowing up as a producer was really the act of me serving and treating everybody good because you never know who's going to be that next person. Right. So if I rewind right. for a quick second, when I was at the radio yeah. station working, there was a guy who was working for this independent label, but I was one of the guys who kept him a job because I would support his artists because I was an independent artist. You know, I just wanted to help. So now after fast forwarding, after I did the ghost production, I ended up coming back to Alabama to open a studio. And there was a gentleman that I was doing music for that wanted to get TI on a record. 
and I didn't know right. who T.I. was at the time, but I actually went to negotiate the deal for him and went to Atlanta and met with T.I. and his manager and come to find out T.I.'s manager was the guy that I helped years ago um, keep his job and, um, <laughs> as a, you know, and he was now managing him. So that was Jason Gita. So at that point, we had already built a relationship. So we ended up teaming up and he was like, hey, we're starting our own label, Grand Hustle Records. And, you know, he was like, I'm from New York, so usually, you know, we would just walk artists in, but this is an independent thing, and I know you have some skills at it. And that's when I realized the things I was doing in Alabama didn't fully take me where I wanted to go, but it was perfect for that situation. And I began to serve, and the rest was, you know, history. Man, that's, I heard okay. so many things in that, in that story about, man, just how you started early, you worked hard, then, man, you lost everything. I mean, the part, gosh, I mean, we'll have you on again, and we'll talk about living out of your truck, believing in the dream. And, uh, man, I, I just, I already respected you, and I know we, we've, we met a number, a couple, a few years ago, and I've just, I've, I've enjoyed watching you. I know you had a significant talk with me when I was going through a hard time. I called you on the phone, and man, I had some people that were kind of, uh, you know, they were attacking me, and my dream was, you know, everybody's not always fired up about your dream, and you gave me some of the best advice, and uh, you told me, hey, man, people are going to get on the bus, they're going to get off the bus. Every time somebody gets off the bus, praise God for it, because he's protecting you, you know, maybe they're not supposed to be on this ride, so... Anyway, Amen. see, I know that there's a question you wanted to ask about. Yeah, that. man, I was going to say, Kevin, I know when you, there's a lot of challenges and you're trying to find your footing as a producer, I just hear you going back and forth between Atlanta and Alabama and a lot of things you probably experienced in that. Talk to some of the listeners and let them know how you, with this industry, I know it's a lot of hate that flows around the industry because I've done my little tour as myself and doing things here. How does that hate motivate you? How was those things that kept you motivated and made you wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to let the haters be my motivators as they say so much now? You know, um, I think it got to a point with me where, first off, I mean, you have to be comfortable with your and, and, and really know that, okay, this is the mission that I'm set out to do. This is what I know in my heart that I want to do. And that, that's the first place of really being able to withstand through a lot of the hate. Because, I mean, you know, we're all human. So, of course, it, certain things will bother you, you know, just because, in, you know, in my case, I'm like, okay, I'm a good guy. Why are so many people attacking me? Um, but then I also realized that if they weren't attacking me, something would be wrong. And I probably wouldn't have been doing my, I wasn't doing my job right. So that was the, the one one thing I would mentally tell myself. And uh, you're right. I mean, throughout my journey, man, it's been so many situations of people that I've carried on my back and helped and, you know, brought into situations that I already had going and they just destroyed it. Or, you know, and there were people, but, you know, the one biggest thing that I learned from that, you know, if someone has asked me the good, bad, or ugly of my career, I mean, that was my hardest part, learning how to not let my heart control the boardroom <laughs> instead of my brain, right. you know, right. because I want to help everybody, but helping everyone to people who aren't there to do you good, it, they look at it as a weakness, and, you know, they're very good at morphing in and, and really trying to destroy you, not because they just want to take you out, but because they actually want to beat you. They may admire you, I envy you know, your position. So no matter what you give that person, it's not going to, it's not going to be enough. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So I learned that in my journey because a lot of money was spent. You know, a lot of my, I was, as, you know, things picked up, there was a big entourage I had with me of people who all left immediately the moment I, God told me to start serving and making right. a difference, and I couldn't understand it. And even prior to that, I would build artists up and teach them everything they know, you know, and then they'll turn around and try to backstab me and run off once I've taken them to a certain level. Or, you know, producers, I've taught them everything I know, and, you know, just different things, you know, with, you know, even family members as close as, you know, my own blood that had backstabbed me. And, you know, so I've been there, but I did realize every time I went through it, it was for a reason. So, right. and, and, and I also realized, you know, one thing I can honestly say is I didn't get bitter after it happened. And that's the thing that's the hardest not to do where mm. we'll get hurt yeah. and then we put this guard up and then God, we can't even receive the next blessing because we're shutting it down because we're comparing it to every past situation. So um, uh, every time, you know, I've been through that, I just took it as, learned from it and then, you know, kept the door open and kept pushing and, you know, oh, and that cool. was some of the things that I think that, you know, Kip was talking about when we, we shared. Well, I think you yeah. just about, you just about started preaching now. I was, I was about to throw you an amen <laughs> and but I was afraid you were going to like pass a plate well. or something. It's like, you know, well, well, <laughs> we can do that too, can't we? Hey, um, yeah, I want to jump into your passion. I know you love music. I know you've helped people. I love the way you see life. I got a lot out of that last uh, little segment there, but I met you and we were both looking at that building. You remember? We were we were down in the hood and down in Atlanta. Yeah. We were looking at that old building and, and I was like, Man, we gotta get this thing and you were looking at, man, what this could be and, and everything and, and we got to know each other. And I started here, and we both have a common friend in speech from Arrested Development. Mm -hmm. And um, right. I started hearing about Bridge to Gap, Bridge to Gap. Everybody kept telling me about Bridge to Gap because I think they, we both work with kids. And, and I saw what you were doing and what you did to sacrifice to, to create that. And I've just been impressed. And t tell us, tell our listeners of what Bridge to Gap is and how you're helping kids through your art form. Awesome. Well... You know, Bridge the Gap was something that came to me in a dream. Um, and it was at a time in my life to where, like Kit said earlier, where my dad would always tell me to just be successful, be significant. But I didn't know what that quite meant until after my dad passed away. And I really went on a quest of trying to see how could I actually become significant. So there was an award show I was being honored at. And um, the president of the SCLC, Dr. Charles Steele, came to this hip-hop award show and got on the stage in front of all of us and said, hey, on behalf of myself, Dr. King's organization, and my generation, I apologize to all of you for not passing the torch. Wow. And he said there was a lot we can learn from each other. Now, at that moment, you could have heard a pin drop in the room, but what it did for me was it opened my eyes and let me, it was like God telling me exactly what my road to significance would be because my generation is so busy chasing the money that we're repeating that process. So at that moment, I um, got up with Dr. Steele, and I said, I want to learn from you. And we ended up putting a big march together called the Million March to Vote in 08, and that let me know, hey, um, it's so much bigger than me just as a producer. And that's when Bridge the Gap came to me in a dream, and I woke up, and I couldn't stop writing. And I was like, you know, our youth, they need 
you know, we can go and speak to them and uplift them in schools, but after we leave, in most cases, they're just hype. And I'm like, we have to give them something for the, for the brothers and the young sisters who don't have that mentor, that father figure, or someone positive in their life as a role model. We have to instill them with the tools so they can empower themselves to persevere through their problems. So I ended up writing, literally, it was 12 chapters, and, it, and every chapter gave them a characteristic trait that they needed in their toolbox to persevere through issues that they faced. So that covered patience, self-determination, self-love, watching the company you keep, how to deal with losing loved ones, um, controlling your anger, not making excuses in life. You know, just, you know, just a few of them, just a name. But from there, I produce songs for each topic. And so they learn through the music and we, we produce this great book that's aligned with the state standards and, Megan Good, which is one of our board members, actually came on board, and, and Megan Good and myself teach the course via DVD or, you know, the online version of it. So, you know, that, that birth bridge the gap. You know, now it's seven years later. We're evidence-based. We're in schools throughout the U.S. and growing, and it's all been organically. We're in all the schools in Nassau, Bahamas, and it's been a, wow. just a great blessing, better than any kind of award or anything musically. That's amazing, man. Um, this Thank is the Bridge, Bridge the Gap. In the intro, Kit mentioned your organization, Cool Curriculum. How does Bridge mm-hmm. the Gap curriculum complement one another? How do they coexist based on what you just said, just real quick? Well, what ended up happening is after we got our results back from Bridge the Gap and we had, you know, grade point averages actually went up from 2.0s to 2.3s and office referrals dropped 41%. We had a lot of superintendents and principals coming up saying, thank you so much for this. And then in the second breath, they'll say, hey, do you have anything to help us with the test scores? And it was either that or I would go into school to present Bridge the Gap, and it would be some principal that you could tell was there for the paycheck and really didn't care about what the youth were going through, and they would cut me off and say, hey, what do you have for academics? And at that point, you know, at first I was upset about it, but then I said, no, I need to serve and help solve this issue. So I went on to write over 600 songs and produce them. And these songs teach everything that's needed from pre-K to 12th grade in math, science, social studies, and English. And it's, it's actually STEM-based STEM and STEAM-based, and it's aligned with the state standards. And um, it's called curriculum. And at that point, when I literally, I'm from, if we're doing math, everything from learning to count to calculus, I've literally produced in music form. And it's like schoolhouse rock on steroids. Um, and it's the <laughs> ultimate, like, you know, assessment tool for any teacher that's trying to um, get their students back excited about learning again. And, wow. you know, so it's, yeah. it's that's really the the gist of it, and um, and then, you know, another blessing came where we were actually, um, one of our board members was out in China and did a deal with Foxconn, the company that makes the Apple products and, and different, you know, things like that, um, Beats by Dre's and different things, but they actually are looking to get an education, and that led to a talk with me, and that led to actually getting on the phone and partnering, and we actually, actually have my own self-proprietary tablet that we created. And it's the Bridge the Gap tablet that has all of the curriculum and Bridge the Gap content on it. So that's now going into the schools. Nice. Um, and we're downloading textbooks from, you know, that the schools use anyway onto the tablets 
So, you know, we could save money on book costs. So, so basically, it's been a lot of blessings, so, man. Besides that, besides that stuff, though, what have you really done? You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting there. I'm going. I'm a little overwhelmed. You know what I'm saying? But but in a, in a good way. Yeah, you know, I started running a club when I was nine. You know, and I was producing when I was twelve. You know, I started my you know hip hop. No, I mean, here's what I love. Anybody who's listening for first. Hey, you know, I'm trying to figure out how I, how I passed calculus, and he said he wrote a song about calculus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm so impressed. But um, if I'm listening out there, and I hope we have young people and, and those that are listening, man, if you think you know somebody, sometimes, I mean, you're, you're, known, you're well known for your music. You've been, you know, at the Grammys. You've been on the biggest stage. You've had, you know, T.I. And, and huge acts, and you've, you've done all this with music. But I'm sitting here listening tonight, man, this is a brother who's making things happen. And we talked about passing the torch to the next generation and from curriculum to technology to using music and hip hop, 600 songs. Uh, Yeah, I wrote 600 songs, you know, made some curriculum. I'm just like, man, God bless you and uh, your work. And, uh, you know, we only got a few minutes left. And so I'm going to go ahead, like I always do, and do a disclaimer. We got to do this little game because if we don't, then Z's going to get his feelings hurt because this is like a little game or whatnot. So, um, you know, we're going to do it. But, you know, the views expressed from here on in this radio station do not reflect the views of Kit Cummings. In case I don't want to be sued. No, I'm just kidding. Ain't that All right, Z, uh, tell, tell me. <laughs> we got like three minutes. So go ahead. We're going to hit this. We're going to go back and forth and hit this quick, man. Just real, real right. quick, as, as you as you know, as you're talking on the phone, and you're talking to Ebony and Ivory. So we play this game called Ebony and Ivory. And you but you don't know who's who. You don't know who's Ebony and who's Ivory. You don't know who's who, right? <laughs> All right, first person. You had, to, you had to select one. Justin Timberlake or Usher? Justin Timberlake. Oh, okay. Oh, bam. All, right. okay. All right. All right. See, see, we had we had Dennis Scott, you know, 3D Scott. We had him on a few weeks ago, and man, he went like. I went 0-5 on all my questions. All right, so, all right, Justin, JT. All right, number two, Ben Carson or Hillary Clinton? Ben Carson. Ooh. Oh, all right. Number three, Justin Timberlake. you're from Alabama, Alabama State University or University of Alabama? Ooh. Uh, my wife went to Alabama State, but I'm going to say University of Alabama. Yeah. Okay. Hey, All right. All hey right. Z, is he surprising you a little bit with these answers? Yeah, yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Now we had a brother on a couple weeks ago. We had a wonderful brother from uh, from Hollywood, Keith Robinson from Dreamgirls. Man, he sidestepped every one of these things, didn't he? And we had a politician on last week. We couldn't get him to say a word. We'd say, you know, we'd ask a question. He'd say, well, uh, he was awesome. In case he's listening, sir, we love you to death, Jay. You're incredible. Vote for Jay. Okay, so, all right, here's, here's the big one, okay? This is the one we close okay. with. Original old school Oreos or the new school vanilla? Man, old school Oreos. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I, oh, man, <laughs> Kale, we've got, we're going to have to do this again. Um, yes. Thank you for everything you're doing for the kids, man. You're making a difference. Um, you're changing the planet. That's what this show is all about. 
and um, let us know how can people get a hold of you, how can they find you, and especially Bridge the Gap. Man, thank you, brother. Um, reach out to us. Um, let's see. Our website for Bridge the Gap is www.bridgedagap.org. And also for curriculum, it's www.koolricullum.com. Um, as far as, you know, the Instagram, it's um, um, K.O. Kate's, um, well, no, it's K.O. Music, K-H-A-O Music. Um, for Facebook, it's K-H-A-O Kate's, and also Bridge, um, D.A. Gap is um, our, um, you know, our, our piece on Facebook. And, um, you know, that's, that's really the key. That's the key ways. Okay, man, we can find you. Well, you guys follow follow Ko's work. Uh, I can't wait to to talk to you soon, brother. Thank you for all you do. And we're gonna take a short break, and we coming back with um, uh, the second half is gonna be as wonderful as the first half. So don't go away. We'll Amen. be right back with Power of Peace Radio. Love is in the air tonight. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America empowerment should there be more to your life do you need a change transformation for success with dr barbara young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you she will interview successful personalities from movies television business technology health and academia all of them have amazing stories resulting in transformed lives You will learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home, and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Power of Peace Radio. To reach Kit Cummings or his guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 
346-9141. You may also send an email to Kit at kitcummings.com. Now back to Power of Peace Radio. Welcome back, Power of Peace Radio, for our second half of our live hour-long show every Monday night, 8 p.m. on the Voice America World Talk Radio Network. And I'm um, here with Z, and we've been just talking. We had a great first uh, first half with hip-hop super producer K.O. Cates, and uh, he talked about his music and his Bridge the Gap Foundation, his cool curriculum. He's literally changing schools, inner-city schools, helping kids with their academics through his music, and it's just as beautiful. Um, as we move into the second segment, I'm so excited. I, as I said in the intro, I got a chance to be involved in a conference call with a, a number of people around the country and even overseas with Oprah Winfrey tonight about a very, very important work she's doing here coming up. And we are so grateful to have Reverend Carolyn Wilkins on tonight. Reverend Carolyn Wilkins is an international speaker, peace facilitator, and consultant, and a global activist. She is founder and president of PeaceNet, a voice for peace for women, and a staff minister and director of the Global Works Ministry with the Agape International Spiritual Center. She trains students in peer meditation and teachers, parents, and community leaders in nonviolent principles and community circles. She leads interfaith and intercultural efforts to promote peace and nonviolence in the world. A former executive with Xerox Corporation, Carolyn consults with business leaders, politicians, nonprofit organizations on strategy and outreach programs and is the executive producer and co-host of an internet radio and television program, Reverend Carolyn has delivered messages and workshops in South Africa, Ghana, Brazil, England, throughout the U.S. She's a community manager with Values Partnership Team who's managing a global project with OWN and Oprah's Belief Series. Welcome, Reverend Carolyn Wilkins. We're so glad to have you tonight. Well, thank you so much. I am. It's a pleasure to be on the program and I listened and said, who is that? <laughs> I appreciate Uh-oh. reading the whole bio. <laughs> it usually takes me you know, a little longer to get trouble than that. Yes. <laughs> well, we are so, so excited. Uh, as you said, we did just come uh, end a conference call with Oprah and uh, almost a 1,000 people on a conference call from around the world. And it was just very inspiring to continue to have a conversation about this upcoming series called Belief. Oh, man, I'm so excited about it. And that is a very, very impressive bio. And I was just thinking, I'm so blessed to have people such as yourself. Um, God connects us all through different um, different means. And, and we just all are, are interwoven. And there's a web. And, and we bring people. We attract uh, people that that are like minded and mission minded and have you know the same the same goals and dreams and i 've been following uh, your work and especially uh, the Agape Center for a number of years when all of a sudden I found out about uh, Michael Beckwith and the work that you yeah. guys are doing and um, i I just uh, I appreciate the work you 're doing I know that that you could speak to us about the Agape. Uh, Spiritual Living Center. If you'd like, tell us how that began, or we can dive right into the belief series. Really, I'm I'm here to to help you just talk about what it is is on your heart tonight. Okay. Well, I'll do both. I'll I'll share a little bit about Agape International Spiritual Center, which is my church home, and I had the honor of working and um, being with Michael Bernard Beckwith, who's the founder and spiritual director. 
uh, this coming November will be celebrating 29 years uh, of the organization, and we have lots of wonderful things uh, planned for the celebration. But we also are actually going to be doing a belief um, preview tomorrow night at Agape for anyone who's listening in the Southern California area. Please join us. We're in Culver City. And we'll be uh, showing one of the uh, preview episodes of Belief. So that's agapelive.com. We're an organization or a church that practices uh, transdenominational, and everyone is welcome. We believe in love, peace, and the power that is within you. And all of that is totally a foundation for the work that we're doing with belief. I actually have been able to invite some people that I've become friends with and worked with on peace programs into the belief series, and they've become um, supporters of the program. And my work in belief is to uh, act as a community manager to assist people in learning about it and to create a grassroots effort around the world of people who will come together and actually watch the episode. So let me clarify what belief is so that those who are listening will not ask, what is she talking about? But belief is a week-long documentary series that's going to air over seven consecutive nights. And it's a collection of stories about unique religious and spiritual journeys with people around the world. And it's done beautifully, epically. It's a docu-series. And we get to peek into the lives of quite a few people and see how they struggle to seek lives of meaning and purpose greater than themselves. Like the Kate spoke about, KO, how to have an impact. And each of mm-hmm. them are really talking about how their lives have meaning. Can their lives have meaning? And what is it that pushes and informs them in having faith and going through challenges in the world? In fact, one of the favorite episodes uh, or one of the favorite uh, vignettes within the episode. There's seven episodes, one each night from October 18th through the 24th, and they'll be shown on the OWN network, okay. uh, 8 o'clock Eastern and Pacific time. But awesome. one of my favorite episodes is two things. One is about a young Jewish boy who's 13, and he's going through his bar mitzvah. And I've actually lived, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and I grew up uh, surrounded by many Jewish people. And my work has been an interfaith work for many years. Uh, I'm, in fact, the president of the Culver City Interfaith Alliance. So I'm with people of many faiths all the time. But I've actually never been to a bar mitzvah. So it's an example of how you get to peek into the lives of people and what they're doing that's religiously oriented or just faith oriented or what makes a difference in their lives. 
So we get to hear this young man. We, there's also an episode where there's an atheist who is climbing the side of a mountain. And I continue to hold my breath as I see him climb without ropes, without axes, without anything, just with his own power and the power of something greater. But he's an atheist, so he doesn't call it God. So Mm. it gives you a sample of of how broad the perspective is. And I Mm. encourage people to watch and have a conversation because one of the things that Oprah said uh, directly was that it's really about people having a conversation. And there couldn't be a better time in the world right now with the shootings, with the rise in hate, really, and the rise of intolerance of people against people. Of not being able to sit next to a Muslim person because they think of them associated with 9-11. It's incorrect thinking. It's ignorance. And our ability to sit down and have a conversation and talk about what do you believe, why do you believe it, we really find that we're closer and more connected than we are separated. That is absolutely true. And, um, man, you're touching on so many things that my mind is just going uh, so many different places. Yet, um, I mean, today, as I was, I was listening, you say we, if we sit with one another, if we converse with one another, if we break bread together, we find out yes. that we have more in common than what separates us. Today, I got a chance to meet with a, a, you know, a large room of uh, inmates in a tough prison. And, you know, it's up here in Michigan, and um, Detroit's, a, you know, a tough city, and uh, west side and east side is a very yes. intense vibe. It's the number one uh, Muslim um, outside of Detroit, Dearborn, has the largest Muslim uh, population in our country. And so we have a lot of inmates coming into the uh, Michigan system that happen to be Muslim. And, and so this, there's, a, there's a very intense vibe in this prison, a lot of divide. And we had whites and blacks and Hispanics and Christian Muslim Jew all, in, all wearing blue with the orange stripe. And we spent hours together and we talked about what it would take to create peace in that prison. Mm. And first trying to yes. get them just to believe it was possible but then we paired up and here was the exercise is ask pair up with somebody you don't know and maybe that doesn't even look like you and ask him tell me about one of the most interesting days of your life and then the other one talks about that and then we teach them to actively listen eye contact body language nodding the head really listening but then the the cool part was the one who did the interview had to stand up and tell the story that he heard from the brother. Yes. And we had a young guy with an old guy that they don't even hang out, never met, and they bonded. And the young man found found an elder, and the elder found a young man to put his you know his wing around. And and we had a white guy and a, and a black guy that came together and. And it was just beautiful, and it just was an example of exactly what you're talking, Reverend, that that if we come together and just look at each other, listen to one another, hate happens at a distance. It's hard to hate up close if we would just listen. Absolutely, yes. I totally agree. I think it's a wonderful exercise. I do it all the time in my teaching to just tell a story because we are connected. You know, it's really what happens from the indigenous world. I traveled around the world and I am in love 
with learning. I'm in love with seeing how people relate. And what connects most people is a story. Mm. So you have someone who is always a storyteller in the tribes in Africa. You have people who are storytellers in the Native American uh, tribes here in the United States. You go to Hawaii and they're storytellers. So we can get back to that and stop looking at some of the reality shows that are about somebody else's life. Right. What has meaning yeah. in your life? Ask the question. Well, what has meaning? What gives you meaning? Why are you here? And what impact do you want to have in the world? What vision do you have? I love the question you have. Ask them, what vision do they have for a transformed world? What vision might they have for a world without prisons? Mm. Mm. That's Is good that stuff. possible? Wow. <laughs> when I sit and listen to you and everything, it just sounds so profound. I'm hanging on every word. Um, in the story that you told earlier, in bridging and connecting everything, I wanted to ask you, with the belief series, are there some key reflections in this series that you think will help bridge understanding between faith communities? Because I think that's one of the big issues that we have right now. Well, each of the episodes in the series addresses uh, some of the different denominations as well as some that are non-denominational. So it depends on which episode you're watching, but they all make you think. They, they make you go, hmm. And there's such commonality of some of the things that uh, are seen. From a young lady who goes to India, to the Gandhis, and is with millions of people who are on this trek that they do every year. There's a young black woman who has been a young girl who was raped, but she winds up in the water being baptized again. So in all of them, one of the things that we got to see in coming together with people of many faiths is that each faith is depicted but they're depicted with honor. And it's something that it wasn't even recognized until someone said it. it. In fact, someone who was Muslim wound up saying it was one of the first times they were able to feel okay and honored with what was depicted about their religion. So I think that's what you'll get from it, is you'll you'll get a variety of diversity of backgrounds. You'll get a chance to see young and old people from many different ethnic backgrounds. You'll get to see a Nigerian, Iman, and a Christian. There are all combinations, and they all make you say, there's potential for us making a change in the world. And one of the things that I do in teaching peer mediation in middle school and elementary school and doing uh, community healing forums is we try to give people a language for their hurt. And I think you'll find, if you think about it, most of us don't know how to communicate what we're feeling. 
someone bumps into us, if someone makes us angry, especially like a sixth grader, they can't even explain what happened. They can't say, that made me feel upset, that made me feel angry. I felt like I was ignored. They, we, we don't give children a language, and that's one of the things that I'm trying to do, is to assist in giving a language for love as well as a language for peace. And that is powerful. I think we still have uh, Kale on the line. Kale, are you still with us, buddy? Yes, sir. Do you have a, a question for Reverend Carolyn? I know you've been listening, and uh, it sounds like you've been uh, enjoying this. I want to give you a chance to uh, to ask a question if you'd like. You know, I'm. I mean, I, I love what you're doing, so It's 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 amazing, and it's so important. You know, um, and I, I I really just align with you as far as you know, both of us using um, our God gifts, talents, and our experiences, and really paying it forward and, and helping our youth um, find their true purpose through our gifts. Um, yes. So, I mean, I, I really relate even with what you were just saying. Um, you know, it's, you know, in my, my, the way I've been doing it is through music and, and, you know, it's just amazing um, to see how, you know, just the difference that's being made by, by the things you're doing and just being able to meet them where they are, you know, so yeah. I'm just, I'm humbled. I'm, I'm just excited, excited to be here. Well, I've actually, I, I appreciate hearing from you and the work you're doing. I have been in some of those back alley clubs and juke joints and other things <laughs> throughout the South. And uh, it's not an juke easy joints. life when you're trying to bring a record forth. But one of the reasons I step back a little bit is because I'm not against hip-hop because I grew up with old school and some of the most wonderful singers who told a story. But mm-hmm. they told a story like a Marvin Gaye of what's going on, a war, and it helped to enliven us, uplift us, and to have us think in what we're doing. And during the time that I was involved in marketing and distribution of music, the hip-hop artists that came to us had the same discussion. And it wasn't about the best use of the female. And I was not able to lend my... I wasn't willing. I had to actually pray on it because I gave up money of doing projects because I didn't think I could honestly support the messages that were being sent. But at the same time, I was able to have conversations with young people who were writers, and I invited them to think new thoughts, to see how you would write a song for your mother, your sister, your grandmother, who's going to be listening to it, to elevate your ideas about women in the conversation. And so I may have touched one or two in the process, and I know that some of the music now is making a turn because music is powerful in touching young people. So I encourage you in what you're doing, and I hope we can do something of exchanging information 
of how to make a difference with our youth. I bet we could make that happen. I was saying when we were in our break that um, I believe in divine appointments, and I think Absolutely. that uh, this is great for um, for Ko and Reverend Carolyn to connect. I'm so glad it happened here, and um, I wanted to ask you. Uh, we've got a few minutes uh, left, and I wish we had a whole nother hour. We're gonna have to do this again, <laughs> but um, uh, Reverend, if you could just in one sentence give us. Um, what do you what would what would you hope the world uh, to remember and say about you when your when your life uh, on this planet is done and you transition into what comes next? What would be the thing that you want the world uh, to what what would you leave us with? I know that's going to be fifty years from now, but I believe well, in legacy. It's powerful. <laughs> and what is it? What is your great gift to the world? Uh. My gift, it's interesting because I did the memorial service for one of my best friends this past Wednesday. Mm. So on my mind was that very question because she left the world. Alnita Trammell, I will say her name now. She was one of the best friends you could ever have because she saw the best in you. And that's what I want the world to see. And I tell this to young people, those I know and those I just meet that I see something great in you and I believe in you and I'm willing to help you make a difference in the world. I hope they say that about me. <laughs> I think they already are. <laughs> and they uh, <laughs> and I, I know all of us tonight, uh, music is the universal language and um, I love, I mean, something that you said just made me think of uh, Maya Angelou and and she said, uh, people will not long remember what you did, but they'll remember forever how you made them feel. Yeah. And uh, tonight, KO, Reverend Carolyn Wilkins, um, you've made us feel a lot of things. And um, just your passion, your zeal, and your contribution to the world um, is, is it's beautiful. I'm excited to be a part of the Oprah Belief Team. I know, uh, Z, I think I can speak for you that, that you love music. A lot of your career has been about music. And so tonight, uh, I think, has been very special for you too, brother. Would, would I be right? Yes, most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm going to close with a story. We've, um, we've got just a couple minutes, and we're going to close out this beautiful show. But um, I, I got to see this whole belief thing in action um, when this peace movement at this prison that I was in today in Michigan began. And there were two men that I could tell were very powerful guys in there. One of them happened to be a Muslim leader, and the other one happened to be a Christian leader. And in the world today, a lot of people think that uh, you just, I mean, that, that they'll never come together. And a lot of people, they, they believe what they see on TV or read or the things that shout the loudest. And for the Christians out there, do you, do you know a Muslim? Have you ever gotten close to someone of that faith, of Islam? And for those that happen to be Muslim, um, have you broken bread with a Christian recently? And I saw these two brothers come together, although they had their own faiths and their separate cultural traditions, and they worked together to bring peace to this very tough, tough prison. And it was a beautiful thing to see, and I got so close to both of them. I respect them so much. One of them, they, go, they called him Lynch Bay, and he's been down 37 years. And the other one is Mr. Potts, one of the finest men 
men that I know. And that doesn't mean the finest prisoner that I know, one of the finest men I know. And he's done a long time in there. And these are powerful men that are living in a place that nobody wants to be, but they're using their influence for peace. And I think Dr. King's dream, one of the last things he said before he was taken out of this world way too way too early. He said the next step is for us to institutionalize this message of nonviolence. And that means schools, but it also means prisons and churches around the world and interfaith and let's all come together. Tonight's been a great show. Thank you, K.O. Thank you, Reverend Carolyn. Thank you, Zaran. And we're going to be back next week. God bless everyone. Go be the peace that you wish to see in the world. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Power of Peace Radio. We hope you've become inspired to make a change in your world. Spread the word and make sure to tune in to our next show. We're live every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment Channel. Be the change you wish to see. And remember, hope is the new dope. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 